the NHL and the NHL players are going back to the Olympics. What's going on? When are they going? How are they going? Is there a way to get opt-out? We'll have all those questions and more right now on Teal Town Live. Good morning, everyone. It is September 3rd, 2021. We all hope you're doing well and welcome to Teal Town Live. This is your live interactive Sharks show. We do this whenever news breaks or after Sharks games. So if you want to be part of the show, here's how you do it. Chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. And of course, follow us on our social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it, we love it. And of course, hit us up on our Discord and find everything at tealtownusa.com. And with that, I say good morning to you, each and all of you. I am Eric Curry. You can always find me at Puckeye14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. Of course, check us out on all of our social media platforms. We appreciate it very well. So this got us kind of by surprise. We knew that something was going to happen with the Olympics. Something was bound to come up. You know, we heard kind of like these arbitrary deadlines and such, kind of expecting like late August for something to come out. And sure enough, it did. Uh, but it took a few more days. So what's the gist of it? Well, here here's what it is. The NHL and the NHLPA, along with the International Ice Hockey Federation and the IOC, uh, have come to an agreement. Uh, the NHL will break February 3rd to the 22nd for players to go to the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing, China. Now, the Winter Olympics are supposed to be taking place from February 4th to the 20th. Uh, now, what we've been hearing lately in the last hour or so is that the tournament will, the hockey tournament will begin on February 9th. So this tournament's going to be pretty quick, you know. Uh, so we'll see about all of that. Um, and of course... The NHL All-Star Weekend just happens to be February 4th and 5th in Las Vegas. So players that are going to Beijing will leave on the 6th, directly from Vegas. Uh, Twelve national teams will participate, divided up by three groups, including the host country China, along with Latvia, Slovakia, and Denmark, who qualified last week in their qualifying tournaments to get in. Uh, for us, you know, this is a shark-centric podcast, so we'll kind of lean towards talking about the sharks just a scotch a little bit. And of course, I see in the chat we want to talk about hurdle. We'll get to that in a little bit. But first, uh, the sharks' last game before the break is February first at Tampa, and they'll return to the ice on the twenty-third uh, when they play the Islanders at home. So that's kind of where we're looking at right now. Now, the gist of this is. You know, a lot of things are going on here. You know, there this is not going to be an easy task. This isn't a slam dunk either, folks. You know, it, it, to say that this is a done deal is not exactly off. Um, there is a lot that went through this. And according to uh, Emily Kaplan and Greg Wyshynski from ESPN.com, um, you know, the players really wanted this. And the NHL, you know, even went on to say, and it was a little interesting how, how it came out that, uh, you know, uh, what was the quote here? I think from Bill Daly that they wanted that the, you know, they wanted to get back uh, to the Olympics as plain and simple that, yes, 
yes, you know, the 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 World Cup was great and all, but Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said, we understand how passionately NHL players feel about representing and competing for their countries. Uh, we were very pleased and we were able to conclude arrangements that will allow them to resume best-on-best best competition on the Olympic stage. Don't think they're not thinking about trying to get a World Cup of hockey in the next few years or so. I, 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 I think that's the case. And let's be honest here. While the World Cup of hockey was fun and exciting, yeah, the the North American and the Team Europe teams were a little of the little of the uh, weirdness of it all. But I mean, at the same time, you had Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid playing on an international stage together, and that looks like that's going to be the only time they'll be able to do that. But you look at at what's going on. This is the sixth time that the NHL players will be participating in the Olympic Games tournament, you know, starting off in 98 in Nagano, which was also the same games that women's ice hockey got to play in. And we'll get to the women's worlds in a little bit there, but my goodness. I mean, <laughs> you, you can almost kind of have an argument as to which would be the better tournament. I mean, yes, USA and Canada in the women's bracket keep clashing but the, but the rest of the nations are slowly coming up but you know they played in 98 in Nagano 2002 Salt Lake City 2006 in Torino and of course Vancouver in 2010 with that crazy overtime gold medal game where freaking Sidney Crosby got the gold medal that's beside the point you know and then of course Sochi in 2014 you know they skipped out on Pyeongchang let's be honest here for marketing reasons and not exactly the arrangements were, you know, they weren't exactly, uh, you know, the best for the NHL. Um, and, and the NHL still isn't crazy about the idea of sending players to the Olympics. You know, it, it, it's, it negotiated, you know, with this, with the players and, and we have a good faith. But also that's in the collective bargaining agreement that the league signed on with the players that it allows for participation in the Olympics in 2022 and 2026. So, you know, there's that. The other thing that NHL wanted was an expanded media and advertising rights. You know, uh, according to ESPN.com, in a February 2020 meeting, the NHL outlined some of the things it wanted. It wanted logos and advertisements featured on in Olympic games, the ability to use Olympic highlights on NHL Network or NHL.com uh, to help promote the game. You know, and, and they thought that it was going to happen. But of course, things have changed since February 2020, obviously. You know, uh, the NHL is no longer on NBC, which is a Olympic broadcast partner. Uh and, and not in, you know, the league never got those rights. And the IOC and the IIHF didn't have an appetite to make more concessions to the league. I mean, they're already picking up the travel costs and such, you know. Uh, and if they're if the players are allowed to have guests, you know, the IIHF and the IOC are going to cover those costs as well. And the insurance for NHL players. You know, we, we've seen it happen before. Dominic Hasek goes down with an injury and was out for a while. You know, John Tavares, I think, was in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. He he was out for a bit, you know. But the other thing, too, you know, 
so yeah, they don't get it get that exposure bonus. They're going to have to work around that as usual. But here's the here's the thing, and this is where it gets a little sticky. Okay, all players who participate in the Olympics will be required to take the COVID vaccine. However, there could be some very limited exemptions on a case by case basis. We've heard these before, like with medical and religious, uh, you know, choices, uh, to, to say the least. You know, um, there are sources that say an overwhelming majority of NHL players are already vaccinated. So it's quite interesting how this is going to go down. But like I said, this isn't a done deal. And getting back to the COVID, you know, issues, you know, there's a couple of things that, that the NHL can do and opt out of this um you know first things first if covid conditions worsen or otherwise pose a threat to healthy to the health of the safety of the players they can pull out uh another reason for the nhl and the nhlpa to, to pull out is if the season is affected by game cancellations because of covid19 issues if the field if the league feels like it needs to use the olympic break to make up games to get a full season in recoup that that almighty HRR or hockey related revenue, they're going to do it. Uh, they can exercise that clause. Um, you know, it's a little vague, but there's some word that the opt out deadline is sometime in, you know, right after the first of the year. So that's something to watch for. I mean, that's, that's the case. So, you know, like I said, uh, the Olympic break is scheduled from February 3rd to the 22nd. Of course, All-Star Weekend, which just happens to be also Pro Bowl Weekend in Las Vegas. Boy, how do, how do they plan that on, all right? Uh, we'll be in Las Vegas. And that was going to happen without the Olympics or not. Olympians who attend All-Star Weekend will leave directly from Vegas that day, or that Sunday is February 6th. Um, there is an unreleased alternate schedule prepared if for some reason the players don't end up going. Now, we mentioned in 2016, you know, the last time that they, that the best on best tournament was in uh, the World Cup of Hockey. Now, I mean, Team North America with Connor Megan, Austin Matthews, yeah, that was great. But there's nothing, there's something about the Olympics. There really is. And you know, these players were passionate to get through it, to do this. You know, I mean, Connor McDavid was looking, you know, is going to play in his first Olympics. Like, seriously, I mean, Austin Matthews, you know, some of these younger guys are going to get their first shot at it. Then there's guys like maybe Sidney Crosby or Alexander Ovechkin with, and, uh, and remember, Ovi was really vocal about missing the 2018 games and almost skipped out on the Capitals to play in it. But at the same time, it's the Olympics. You know, however, there's a pandemic going on too. So there's a lot of things to go, go through it here. Uh, but let's get to some of the comments in the chat here. And good morning to everyone, all of you. Uh, Felix Chow, I'm cautiously optimistic that about the NHL actually participating. You know, faulty synapse, higher risk, low reward means the NHL ever going to be super in favor the monstrance insurance is big uh, you know unloaded panda 
The time looks so compacted together. I wonder how many players will be come, come will come back worn out. Uh, Denver Doyle, you know, asking, uh, you know, maybe we should boycott. The world needs to call out China. You know, Hank Vesuvius, you know, Pav strapping on the shield again, and that's a great question here. You know, as we we mentioned it here, uh, let's go. Let's continue on. For the hockey groups, I mean, the groups are already set. Uh, the last three spots uh, were completed within the last week, uh, with Slovakia, Denmark, and Latvia getting in. China is a host country; they will also participate. And unfortunately, I think they 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 got probably the group of death in, in some forms. Uh, group A is Canada, United States, uh, silver medalist Germany from four years ago, and China in there. In B. Uh, the Russian Olympic athletes from, uh, you know, the Russian Olympic Committee or Russia, uh, as there's some issues with uh, the Russian Federation in there. Uh, the Czech Republic, Switzerland, Denmark in Group B. Group C, Finland, Sweden, Slovakia, Latvia will go in. Uh, so those are what, what the groups are going to be. So Canada and the United States definitely will be playing with, uh, will definitely be playing against each other. Uh over the over the tournament, which is always a big ratings get, and I'm sure that helps big time for uh, NBC. But as for the Sharks, you know some potential Sharks going to Beijing here. Mario Ferraro is a maybe. He played in the World Championships not too long ago. We saw his gold medal. If you saw his, you know, one of his more recent youngest of plug videos on YouTube, uh, Eric Carlson, I think, is pretty much a lock to play for Sweden. I think that's that's probably one of the more locks that you'll get uh, from the Sharks. Nikolai Kanija for Russia is a possibility, uh, depending on where you go. Tomas Hurdle, and we'll get to more of what's going on with Hurdle in a little bit there. You know, playing for the Czech Republic. He didn't play in the World Cup of Hockey in 2016 because he was recovering from that knee injury during the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, Timo Meyer from Switzerland. I think that's almost a lock. Uh, Latvia for Rudolf Spasler's, that's a potential. William Eklund. Now, I put him on here for a reason, and that's because I think if the players don't go, if the NHL doesn't go, and Eklund isn't up with the Sharks, there's potential for that. We saw that with John McCarthy from the San Jose Barracuda. You know, we saw him play a little bit in uh, Pyeongchang. Of course... It'd be, I'd be remiss to not, you know, note some players with some Bay Area ties. Joe Pavelski, could he make his final run uh, with the U.S. Olympic team? That's a potential. Maybe he's on the third line. And, of course, Sam Ramon native Austin Matthews from the Toronto Maple Leafs would be playing for the United States. United States could have a potential in there. And and that's going to be a fun one. You know, so... you. You have upwards, you're definitely going to see some Sharks. You're definitely going to see some Sharks playing in the Winter Olympics. Carlson, I think, is pretty much the the largest lock you'll get. Uh, I would think Timo Meyer as well. You know, uh, and looking at some of the comments in the chat, uh, you know, and faulty synapse. Remember, ha Hall of Fame induction takes Olympic medals in consideration. That's right. Just saying for Patrick Marlowe, who's got two Olympic medals, two Olympic gold medals, I should say. Excuse me. 
Patrick Tyler, uh, <laughs> you know, China's absolutely going to get embarrassed. It's going to be tough, but you know what? Uh, and there's some ties with the Sharks in China. The the Sharks field, fielded uh, a Chinese hockey team for a couple of years. And there's a long story to that, and I'm sure we'll get into that over the course of time before the Olympics. We'll uh, talk about that for a little bit more. Um, you know, I don't think Mario Ferraro makes it. It depends on what kind of a team they want to bring in. In 2014... I didn't think Mark Edward Vlasic was going to go to the Olympics, but he was a shutdown defenseman. That's where potentially I could see Ferraro coming in. So that's that's where uh, we put it on there. But I also want to thank Hockey Jerk uh, for putting this list together as well. I think that was a great help, my friend. Thank you very much. You know, Carl Hurdle. Meyer, you know, you can go Joachim Blickfeld as well. That's one I didn't even think of. Uh, or Norchurik. Balsers. Uh, you know, Vesuvius, probably good to get a game with Canada in the group stage before elimination. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> so, that's, that's the gist of it all. So, again, the NHL and the NHLPA uh, are going to the Olympics. Me I'm beyond your judgment here. If you if you're seeing the replay of this, hit that like that button. Make a comment down below. To tell us why you think or which sharks should go to the Olympics. Should be interesting one. So that's it for the for the Olympic portion. Now to the chaos in San Jose. <sighs> you know, it, it's one of those things where 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 you've you've team we've never seen so much controversy and 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 I guess negativity in the Sharks organization in their thirty years. I think the only time would be maybe there was like a negative connotation off ice was. Mark Bell's incident, you know, back in 2006. But everything with Evander Kane going on, everything, you know, going on here, we all know Tomas Hurdle is, you know, fun must be always. And now, sounds like, you know, he, he's going to have the Denny Lemieux thing going on. Like, he, is he going to say, trade me right now? Mm. No, but we're getting closer and closer to training camp. Hurdle becomes an unrestricted free agent after this season. Now, granted, when Doug was putting this team together, I can guarantee you, guarantee you, he was putting this together where right now would probably be like a $90 million salary cap. And with that being eight and a half million disappeared right now, Hurdle's still on this team. Hurdle's still on this team. But now, you know, to basically summarize, Kane's under investigation for gambling and report 
and reportedly not liked by several teammates. Tomas Hurdle doesn't know if San Jose wants him or if he wants to stay in San Jose. Mark Edward Vlasic saying things will explode in San Jose if they miss the playoffs the third straight season. At least we got hockey. Olympic hockey coming. Right? Like, my God. I mean, media day is going to be so interesting when these guys get back to camp. I mean, it's going to be beyond interesting here. But, uh, you know, it, it's just so tough to think that Tomas Hurdle, who, let's be honest here, this, his smile can freaking, his smile can freaking light up a room. Hell, his smile would light up my, my ring light that I have going on right now. You know. But with everything that has gone down, I mean, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. Tomas Hurdle leaving San Jose would probably be the cap to it. And faulty San Jose, you you have right. The stealth rebuild is on uh, is underway. You know, the the stealth rebuild is underway. Oh, I'm getting a phone call, and I'm assuming it's from AJ Strong. AJ, you with me, bud? Yep. All right. I'll uh, put you on. First off, since you're just coming on, happy belated birthday, bud. Oh, thank you, sir. And uh, you haven't changed anything uh, with uh, uh, with your picture. You're still at the ballpark, which is nice. Nice. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Hopefully we can see uh, the, a, a sweep of the Dodgers this weekend. Oh, um, hell yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, do you want to touch on hurdle or the Olympic participation first? I, I don't care about the Olympic participation stuff. <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> it's, but, I, who knows what's going to happen with uh, with the Rona and all that stuff? Uh, I mean, you, we have no idea what the impact could be. It's a long ways off. And, uh, and, and with them having till like basically New Year's to decide whether or not to go. I mean, that's that's going to be the interesting one. Yeah. So for me, uh, man, have things just gone from zero to a hundred over the last week or so. Uh, <laughs> That's an understatement, right? I mean, geez, if you're, if you, if you're the, you know, the, the, I, I don't want to name anybody's no. name, but, uh, boy, if, if you're, shall we say part of the sharks PR department, you're really sitting here going, God, I wish these guys would shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like you're making my life so difficult. Uh, look, we, I mean, the cane thing already kind of started things off on a, you know, with a black cloud. What's going to happen? A lot of uncertainty. Then you see those comments from Vlasic. Now, to be fair, Vlasic said, you know, look, that's that's personal stuff. That's Kane's going to do and go through what he's going to go through. And, you know, Vlasic, I've said it before, has already has always struck me as a, you know, no drama mama. He's just like, I don't care. I want to play. That doesn't affect me, you know. Uh, although I 
do remember, well, if I remember correctly, I thought there was something like, as long as he shows up on time, and I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> that, hmm. But then to see these comments from Hurdle, uh, just, you know, the thing that just really sticks out to me, first off, Vlasic saying, if if we miss for the third straight year, things are going to explode. I I don't understand how things are going to explode when everybody has a no movement clause and they're signed for 8,000 years, but uh, right. Yeah. You've got to deal with that. But now hurdle saying, I don't know if San Jose wants me and I don't know if I want San Jose. I mean, this, I don't know that this is the way that any franchise wants to begin their season or their camp. No, I mean, this is absolute disaster. And, I, and you, we know Sharks PR people are like, you know, Ben Guerrero didn't have to deal with any of this crap when he was here. But, <laughs> Dude went to Seattle at yeah, the right time. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. But I mean, like I was like I was prefacing before you came on here, like the only major negative connotation that that happened off ice in Sharks franchise history, maybe is what Mark Bell's incident. I mean, oh, there was the some D little D stuff D here and there. Yeah, the hit and run. And there was little stuff here and there, but nothing was really out there. This one is just, I mean, th this, mm. with this, with the Evander situation, and it's a personal situation, so, you know. <laughs> the last time I, I feel for this... that kid, though. I feel for the... Kensington because, I mean, she, that little one is, is just. That's yeah, not right. But the last time there was this much turmoil around the team was because nobody knew what happened to Marty McSorley from the broadcast. <laughs> I mean, this right is there. this is this is ridiculous. And I don't know if you caught uh, Tim Kawakami's mailbag on the Athletic. Uh, I don't know if that dropped yesterday or this morning or whatever. But uh, bizarrely, and I, I think it shocked everybody when he acknowledged the Sharks. But he was yeah, no asked. You know about the situation uh, with San Jose, and if they miss again, does this finally mean that uh, Wilson is on a hot seat? Maybe Wilson has served a pink slip, what have you? It will something happen with the front office if the Sharks miss for the third straight season. And Kawakami's response on that was, uh, you know, to paraphrase, is that look. No one's talked to Hassel Plotner in forever. No one knows his take on it. Uh, he he could be looking at new GMs right now, or he could be like, you know, dude, I got way more important things to worry about. Like, you guys sort it out. But he said that he would um, guess that the first person in line would be Junior. Which, you know, part of you goes, well, look, I mean, Junior's making a name for himself with the drafting and the development since he's been given the reins. I think we most Sharks would have, would agree on that, that things have seemingly gotten better since Junior has taken over that slot. It's a fresher approach as opposed yes. to Tim Burke and Joe Will and such. Yeah, yeah but can you imagine the, the, the vitriol that the fan base will spit if they go from Doug Wilson at GM to Doug Wilson Jr. I mean, I guess it saves money that you don't really have to like change any of the nameplates <laughs> on the doors or anything, but Just put like in a Sharpie 
like a comma jr period boom done yeah i mean but (laughs) that that would definitely save some time but i i just don't know how this team starts off on a positive note when there's so much uncertainty and somewhat term and i'm not trying to be hyperbolic you know that i know a lot of this there's also been a lot that has gone on over the last week or so where people have accused Kurz of trying to stir the pot or, you know, or they've given him crap because he's not naming his sources. Whereas other writers also say, you know, this information came from a, a source and for some reason they don't catch the heat that, that Kurz does. But Look, the, either way the stuff is being reported, it all it all started with Sarah Valley, like, what, four months ago right. or something? about Kane and such. Yeah, so, I mean, look, the personal stuff notwithstanding, I you know, like, I would love for Kane to get his act together, but, and not to sound cold-hearted, I don't care. Like, you know, that that's his personal stuff. Right. I, I, I wouldn't want Kane to... <laughs> you know, publicly come out and uh, put out together a YouTube video that says, hey, let's talk about uh, AJ's weird obsession with making hockey jerseys. You know, like he doesn't need to have an opinion on my personal stuff. I don't need to have an opinion on his. Obviously, it just comes down to the, to the gambling thing. And we'll all wait and see. We're not going to speculate, but we'll all wait and see if the NHL finds any type of evidence that would prove that he did that. And then of course, if it does, you're gone. But if it doesn't come out, if there's no evidence found and he's cleared of those accusations, well then what? Then so what we just put Kane back in the room and I mean, cause if look, if you're found innocent, you're found innocent, but there still seems to be a lot of smoke surrounding him. There must be a little bit of fire. If you're hearing from multiple people that he's not the, most well-liked guy in the room. Uh, I mean, how many, it, my question is, how, how does Doug Wilson address the media and honestly say, yes, we've addressed our culture. That's, I mean, that's the big question. Yeah. In the exit interview, Logan Couture was straight asked. There has been a lot of questions about the culture of this room over the last two seasons. Did it get, you know, did you notice a change? Did it get, did it improve? And Couture, one word answer, no. And that's the thing. And you're, and that's your captain saying that, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's, look, you can bring all the Boninos and Coglianos and guys that have sterling reputations into the room, but you know, that's like adding, (laughs) I don't mean to be crass, but it's, it's kind of like, well, here, let's add this Dom Perignon and Filet Mignon to this uh, pile of shit, oh, that, and that'll make the shit better. Oh, oh the like, irony that you mentioned, you know, holding a, a glass of wine when, you know, Vander Kane posted that on Instagram, which caused <laughs> everybody to go off. With Dom Perignon and champagne. But anyway. Um, oh, well, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> you're, wearing a, you're using a fancy glass, not like this. To, there you go. But I just have to wonder where this team is going to be in a month, in a, in in two months, right. and 
what happens if they have another slow start? What if after 20 games, they're say six and 14 or something? Um, we've already, you know, heard that one of the reasons why Doug Wilson won't say the word rebuild is because it's the impact that it will have on ticket sales. Well, it's, I mean, it's obvious though. I mean, you have, well, I mean, the, the giants attendance, are, the attendance has already been dwindling, but here's the thing. October 16th is opening night. You have one game and then you're on the road. Mm-hmm. That right there. I, I, I don't know the Niners schedule, but October 16th might be a playoff game for the San Francisco giants. Um, the Niners, I, I don't remember offhand when what they're playing, but uh, the Niners actually have a bye that week, so that that kind of works out there. Eh, I mean, I don't know that, it, but dude, hockey fans, Sharks fans, hockey fans, the, at the very least, they are gonna they're gonna go to opening night. The, the, you know, we know that there's gonna be some sort of giveaway. Now, <laughs> will it be the hurdle giveaway, the the bobblehead that every fan was supposed to get at the end of the 2019 <laughs> season, or, or or I'm sorry, in April of yeah, of April of 2020, uh, we'll see. Uh, but look, the, the giants, you know, and I, I hate to keep making the reference, but look, the giants since what, I don't know, middle of May, end of May, somewhere in there, either way, the giants have been the, the top team in major league baseball for like the last three months. I mean, the best in the league, best record. And I don't know about you. I watch those games. They're nowhere near sellouts. Now, of course, some of that, I, you know, look, COVID, man, there are people that are still being uh, careful, taking precautions. Oh, yeah. And and I respect that. I am totally get it. I feel like you'll probably see the same thing with the Sharks, with hockey season. Mm-hmm. It's uh, re- Despite requiring everybody to be double vaxxed and have that clear pass, uh, I get that. Right now, though, would I bet on the on opening night being a sellout? Not even close. And, to, to to quote Eric Carlson. Right. <laughs> Wait, sorry, you forgot. Yeah, not, not even, even close. close. Yeah. No. And I and, I got to tell you, I'm actually going to be a um. This is going to be the first opening night that I miss for the Sharks in maybe like ten years because I'm actually going to be out of town that weekend. Okay, that kind of changes plans for opening night. All right. <laughs> a little bit. To scotch, no, bud. I, I, I just realized. No, I'm like, oh crap! I have tickets for for a show, and I'm going to be in Reno. So, if you're able to get for, to Reno, yeah. Well, I was going to say that that also may be a tentative plan for right now, but I just, I don't know. I let's see. How long is that first road trip? Was that like six games? Yeah, yeah. Let me pull it up here. I think it's like a six uh, five, game road, yeah, five. five. Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Boston, Nashville. What's to say they come back? After that five-game trip, what now? Look at Montreal. I think we can say that. I think we can all confidently say that Montreal was a little bit of an aberration last playoffs. Oh. Like, a little got a little lucky. No one is predicting them to even make the playoffs this coming season. So maybe you got a shot there. Right. Ottawa. If you don't think that Ottawa wants to come out and level. You know, they would sit there and, and watch Stutzla and Norris. <laughs> and, you know, those guys probably want to make a statement and be like, yeah, uh, F that right. Carlson guy. Um, 
Toronto, I, I would say, is a better team. Boston, definitely. I mean, maybe, you know, I think, okay, the Sharks have a shot beating Nashville. But you look at those first six games coming back from that road trip. If if they were to go three and three, I think we'd all be pleasantly surprised. Right. But what if the trip goes horribly? What if, they're, like, what if they come back home to take on Montreal and they're winless? Which could very well happen. And... I, I I think I'd mentioned this before at some point, but the schedule does no favors for the Sharks because All season. if if they get you know if they if they dig themselves an early hole, which it seems like they've done historically over the last couple seasons, if they dig that early hole through the first forty one, you, you look at the back half of the forty one. That's where the majority of their divisional games come in. So those right. are, you're talking four point swings, big time. This, yeah, it just it does them no favors. I mean, so. it, it could be like the like the Cow Palace. I hate to say it like this because I I can't even think of it being Cow Palace like. But you know, if they start out bad early on, you know, it could be bleak. I mean, now granted, yeah. Cow Palace days the, those games were sold out. Um. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, honeymoon periods are fantastic. Yes, but. I mean, I don't, I don't think we've ever seen attendance as bad as it was until like late into right before COVID hit. And like you mentioned, the Giants, they're not exactly selling out the place. I think Saturday will be their first sellout of the year for Giants Dude, Dodgers. They were doing like buy one, get one free ticket promotion. Exactly. I, I mean, no. for, for a team that's been the best team in baseball. You know, yeah, I mean, when, literally what I said. I mean, <laughs> well, but I mean, I'm making like, I mean, A's have always had a rough attendance, and my God, they need the ballpark so badly. You know, went to the Quakes game like not even a month ago, and, and it's not filled up. I think there were more people hanging out at the largest outdoor bar in North America than there were in the in the stands. I mean, yeah, people are still concerned about COVID. They're not going out and doing everything just yet. Yeah, I and throw I, I in all the opening. restrictions that that are going to hit, you know, city-owned buildings in San Jose starting September twentieth. Well, I I could see SAP on opening night like twelve thousand. I could see that, but you've got people that are taking precautions. You've you know that they they're just like, look, I loves me some hockey, mm -hmm. but I'm not comfortable going into a building quite yet with that many people uh even if they're all required to be double vaxxed um that's you know that's one concern the other concern i think uh, that needs to be kind of called out is look everybody was forced to stay home for a long period of time who's to say how many of those people said hey you know what my bank account's a bit bigger now that I'm not spending a whole bunch of money on sports and I'm instead I spent that money on an 80 inch flat screen and the home version is <laughs> pretty nice. Right. We kind of dig this. So I think they have to worry a little bit about that, but you know, let there's just, it, it just doesn't seem to be a lot of optimism surrounding this team it's it, and it does, outside it, of us, Shang, Kurs, and a couple other places. Who's talking about the Sharks? Exactly. Well, in in, in any way of a ha glass half full way. 
<laughs> you know, what was it? NHL tonight the other day, weren't they saying you're like, Oh, so this is what hurdle would likely get on the, you know, like, Hey, Boston's got an opening now that Krejci's gone. So, <laughs> I mean, there's, they were looking at stuff like that. It's, you oh, just, let's, you have to, you, we talked about this before, but you have to give it up that confidence from fans in the front office, the sharks, just a few weeks ago in the athletic were rated 31 out of 32 teams. It's an amazing Only Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. But it's an amazing effort to be rated lower than a team that literally lost their draft picks because they did some hinky shit and literally has no place to go for next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how, how do you, how do you suck worse than that? <laughs> I mean, Jeez, I mean, we can now we can sit here and, and play the uh, the the glass half full and say, well, look, there's there's still talent on this team. What if Kane is able to like, boy, if you thought the the adversity he dealt with last season brought out the best of him, well, I mean, <laughs> challenge accepted. Uh, maybe he scores forty next season. Who knows? He was certainly on a great tear. Uh, but what happens if Timo bounces back? What happens if Hurdle has a full healthy season? Uh, you know, after that bout with the Rona, he came back. He was, I would say, the best player the team had for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. What if Couture has a solid season? What if Eric Carlson finally turns <laughs> out to be, you know, shows up and is the player that we've all been, you know, holding the receipt for? Right. Uh, what if Vlasic turns it around? Um, you know, but that's the thing. There's a lot of what ifs here. And again, what if through through the first 20 games, this team is seventh out of eighth and things aren't looking good? You know, the power play still sucks. <laughs> and, you know, because remember last season, the one thing they could hang their hat on was they had an insanely fantastic penalty kill. Well, what if that doesn't work? I mean, you can play the what if game oh, yeah. all day long. It's a, gr- it's a great game to play. I mean, there you can be I'll, I'll go I'll go full. I'll go glass half full. You know, what happens if this team gets off to a good start? They've they short up the goaltending with Reimer and Hill. You know, Couture's back, like you said Carlson's back. Hurdle gets things going. Like Patrick Tyler saying, if Hurdle bounces back, they really need to trade him. Or do you not? Because you need to keep butts in the seats. I mean that that well, right you know there, what, I though? think will be the will be will be the interesting thing that happens down you know, the road when we get yeah, to the trade deadline. Yeah, but you know what puts butts in the seats more than anything? Winning. Duh. So I don't think it comes down to a particular player. No, but I mean, uh, if if certain players are performing like amazing, like let's say Hurdle is like. 30 goals at all-star break and he's already going to go to the Czech national team for the Olympics. Honestly, if, if let's say that the team is in the top four of the division, like they're, they're, they're being competitive. Mm -hmm. There's the, you know, so you're telling me there's a chance if hurdle is the one leading the way, I gotta be honest. That's a tough call. Well, when you look at the roadmap that this team is on right now on cap friendly, I make that move like hurdle 
his value would never be higher. I I make the move. I, I this they right now this team needs to be a future team. It's not a right now team. So but it's, let's look at the future. But the thing is, is that it's set up to be a right now team. That's the catch. You don't I mean, with, with Carlson what, with, an, with, with an unproven goal. Okay, so you've got a shell of his former self defenseman. Yep. You, you've you know Brent Burns who who didn't have a, a great season last year, but he was also asked to perform a little differently than right. Maybe you know recently you've got Vlasic who's clearly on the downward sharp downward. Um, yeah, there's so and and you have an unproven goalie tandem. It could we could see Aiden Hill be like, you know, yeah, I'm here to get that Vesna. I mean, that would be outstanding. That would be great. And sure, but I don't know. You try to take in all the factors right now, and for me, the roadmap does not point to a team that is going to do anything remarkable this season. It's one thing to be to put a team together that can make the playoffs. It's one, it's, it's something different to have a team that can go deep in the playoffs. And, and that's the other thing too, is that you look at Montreal dangle that tease like, Ooh, we just snuck in. We can get in there. The Sharks saw it years ago with LA in 2014, you know, that's exactly what DW is kind of looking at it. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. And like, like I said, when I talked to Brody, like a few weeks ago, it's like, you see the pieces in place now for the future, but let's not rush it. We learned that from Mirko Mueller. We learned that from other other players that weren't ready yet. I mean, Chekovic, you know, off to the KHL. You know, Goldobin never really panned out. And the other part, too, though, AJ, trading another first-round draft pick, whether it's Hurdle or even Timo Meyer, like we heard at the draft... I mean, that's got to be demoralizing a little bit, too. That you can't just, develop anything big. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, don't, that part has got to suck. I mean, but I kind of go back to Vlasic's thing, where it's like, if we don't make the playoffs this season, shit's going to explode. Now, I also kind of wonder... And, Okay, let's let let me uh, play the role of Curtis Brown for a second and go full on, <laughs> you know, Pollyanna optimist. Oh boy, here we go. This will be fun. <clears throat> well, let's let's take into consideration the last two seasons that the Sharks have started. Two seasons ago, what happened? Yeah, you had your normal camp and everything, mm-hmm. but by December, your head coach is canned, and Bugner is installed, or I guess promoted depending on your point of view. Right. Uh, and the numbers remained largely the same. Like, I think the winning percentage was almost identical. I think the special teams numbers were very close. Uh, you know, the goaltending numbers didn't change. So, look, that's, that's you know, you're not starting off great, not to mention the fact that he didn't have his own coaching squad. It was like, yeah, take over all these guys. And then what happens the following year? The Rona hits, and it's like, okay, so we got to spend a month in Arizona. Fourteen to sixteen are on the road. Uh, it's just a, a terrible way to to try to start things. 
So at least this year, we I I would say you have to give Bugner the opportunity yeah, to have his own camp with his full coaching staff. No one's <laughs> you know waiting six months to get a goddamn passport to get right. over the border. Uh, you've you know you've got all the pieces in place. But I wonder if Vlasic was kind of alluding to with his comments about things being blown up is that this is Bugner's last year of his three-year deal. So it's, uh, you know, a case of, well, uh, if, if things don't go well, well, hey, there's a scapegoat on the bench. Let's point at him. Certainly a lot of fans have saying that, you know, Bugner is PDB light. He's, you know, he really hasn't changed anything. Again, I point to the fact that, well, for the first season, he had a makeshift staff. For the, for last season, he had a just, oh, let me let me use the phrase that everybody uh, with the Sharks use, an unprecedented season, you know, an unprecedented circle of events. But this team, they, they, they got to get off to a good start, or I think it could... Uh, I think we could see changes sooner rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe people start, you know, start going to cover your ass mode. Well, and I, don't know. I mean, how, like you said before, I think when we, we were on when PDB got fired, how many times does Doug Wilson get a chance to f- fire a head coach? If that's the case. Yeah. I mean, no, something's got to give there. I mean, Hasso I mean, has dude. to be Hasso has to pay attention to his team. I I get that he's in Germany. He might be stuck in Germany right now. I know the EU's already you know took the US off of off of safe places to travel, so it's going to be a lot done remotely. For all we know, the Sharks are a line item on a spreadsheet on Hasso's desk. We don't know. Now, you know, Wilson says he's in constant contact with them and, and Hasso's very invested and interested in, in the happenings of the team and he wants to win. And I think you could uh, say there's evidence to that, the fact that he's willing to sink so much money into maintaining and doing things with, with SAP Center, spending to the cap, right. giving Wilson that freedom. Now, Wilson, of course, is going to be the people that want to uh, – you know, burn him in effigy and get re- get rid of this guy right fucking now. Uh, but there's a lot of people that sit there and he's he's just not the guy. We need to get rid of him. You know, he he can't win the cup. And it's kind of like, well, he he's putting together the team. Like, is it is it Doug Wilson's fault that Hurdle got injured on the in the Stanley Cup run? Is it is it Wilson's fault the injuries that occurred against St. Louis in 2019? Is it, I mean, the, is it Wilson's fault that he doesn't have like maybe an extra eight and a half million cap space because of COVID? I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, Jerk even projected yeah, on technologists like a, a year or two ago that we'd probably be around a hundred million dollar cap right now. And if that's the case, I, this team is way more competitive than it is and can take its time on developing like John Leonard or William Eklund to have them in place to take over for guys like Hurdle and Couture and Kane if you're able to get out of the Kane's contract. I think that's a fair point, but I think it also needs to be noted that, well, every team is dealing with that. It's not just the Sharks. Sure, but I think I think DW was more than anything banking on the cap space going higher and higher. When he signed Burns to that eight-year deal, you know, mm-hmm. he, well, he explained that, you know, there's more cap room coming, folks. Well, here here's my other question. 
looking at the cap where it is, you look at cap friendly. How how do you not trade hurdle? And that's the point. But at the same time, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just he's in his how, prime how right not, now, dude. Yeah, I know, but it's you know we know that Wilson's going to bend over Ferraro for his RFA deal. We we know that's going to happen, but there's that's still more money. And yeah, okay, you're going to free up some cash. I would imagine uh, Dylan Gambrell not on this team next season, so that's going to free up a mill. Uh, who knows if if Cogliano is? You know, there's a couple pieces, but we're talking. I I would. Hurdle's agent would be a moron if he doesn't, at the minimum, minimum, ask for the Kane deal. I want seven by seven, minimum. Now Hurdle has already, and and this is something that I think is going to stick in Wilson's craw. But if if the comments that I've seen are proven to be true, Hurdle is evidently willing to take like the Landeskog deal. Like he's like, no, I'm willing to take less money at a place that wants to win. Right. So that that's got to be like yikes, and that's so, that's the scary part. But th- that's I mean that's the the sign of a of a kid who who wants to win a cup. He's driven to win a cup. Look, he's I mean, well, I mean Jesus, look at Joe Thornton. I mean he just he's just like hey, I'll take the minimum. Just give me a chance, man. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> you know I've I made all my money. Hurdle, uh, he could go to Boston and be like, uh, you know what? I, I look around here. I think the right pieces are in place. Yeah, five by five sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> no, sure. I, I mean, you, and you look in Boston's a great example. I mean, look at Patrice Bergeron's deal. Look, look at some of the deals that they have. I mean, they're nowhere near to overpaying anybody, but yeah. they're a team that's you know always in in like the top ten of. Of, of roster spot or of paying. I mean, looking at cap friendly on Bergeron, six point eight seven five per Bergeron. Pasternak is locked up for, you know, six and six six seven for for a while. Brad Marchand six one two five. Taylor Hall six million. Charlie Coyle, you know, five point two five million. No, they've I, they've made fantastic deals and Ian pointing out in the chat that it is Wilson's fault that Kane is here forever. Yep. And, and as well, Eric Carlson, you know, and Logan Couture. I mean, he signed these huge deals. I'd still like to know what changed, what happened to the Wilson that was never longer than five years on his deals. You know, what changed? I don't know. Now, maybe he looked at those that, the deal that he got Vlasic on for so long, which was considered by most to be a gross underpayment. Right. And now, you know, you're, you're paying the other half of that. I just, I feel like there's just so much uncertainty, uncertainty and Doug Wilson, you know, to be fair, the guy had, you know, for 15 years did an amazing job, but maybe it's time for, uh, you know, a, a different point of view, but, we always have to go back to the point that, well, no, it doesn't matter who comes in here. They still have to deal with the same contracts. Exactly. It, you know, it, why is it that one GM is going to be able to move Eric Carlson or Vlasic or Couture, but Wilson can't? And and maybe it's a case of sometimes these GMs, and 
I think to a certain extent you might be able to make the argument that Wilson sometimes falls in love with his own players. Yes, you know? he has fallen in love with some of his own players. But you know, then what, but now the I, recent track record though, he's let Pavs go. He's well he's okay letting And how'd that work out? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, but, decent, but bringing but, back Marlowe, I don't know that that was the best, you know, the best thing to do. Uh, like, granted, it's nice to have that record in a Sharks jersey. I, I get that. But look, let's let's get back to that Bill Walsh point of view, man. Get yeah. rid of a guy a year too soon rather than a year too late. But it goes to show you, though, that nobody was ready from the Barracuda. And that's a major major red flag now well, now you kind of part you of that is also the, the players now. that were there i exactly. mean yeah you can sit there and say that the uh development side and you you know you can throw some blame on on summer and in all those but it all starts with you know garbage in garbage out if you don't get a solid you know somebody that you can coach and develop and all those things uh, talent's going to rise to the top LeBanc, you know sixth rounder pavelski you know, like bottom of the barrel, and yet look at what they became. Meanwhile, you can use names like Petrecki and Wren right. and, and Doherty and, and Mueller and Goldobin. So that's, but I see, and that goes back to my earlier point. I think those issues have been rectified. Doug Wilson Jr., since being given the reins, it feels like there's definitely uh, a bit more there to work with. I'm excited oh, yeah. to time. see what we have in the Sharks in five years. Um, but and, and Patrick Tyler, you know, mentioning that, you know, look, Vlasic and Jones got those deals when it had to, you know, at the time they were worth it. They've aged horribly. And that happens just like you look like I mentioned earlier with the Vlasic deal. The first one was, wow, what a what a steal, what value you were getting. And that's the thing. That's the problem right now. The return on investment that the Sharks are getting from their players is horrible you need guys to at least play to their contracts you hope that you know you, you you're gonna get some pieces here and there from a ferraro or a balsas or a bear banoff that are that are playing above their contract for the time being but let's see if bear banoff can continue the pace that he's ended the season with let's see if balsas can be consistent as well uh, I, I think we all have every confidence in Ferraro that he's just, you know, <laughs> solid dude, gets it done, uh, future captain. I, I mean, and that's the other thing. You have to figure out when you're going to get him signed. Because, well, I, mean, again, I, I could RFA, see. RFA, dude, he's going to get bent over. He's going to get bent over for the RFA because that's Wilson. That's all. We'll do. Dude, I guarantee you, Ian will do 20 minutes on the next teal tinted glasses this Thursday this coming Thursday. And I guarantee you, Ian's going to do 20 minutes on all the players that have been thrown into the dentist chair when they were RFA. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or the, do we get that crazy offer sheet? No, I'm, I'm not worried about Ferraro. I'm, I just look at it. It's that, you know, every, every little brick, uh, you know, it just builds the wall. Of, of money and you're going to have to give Ferraro more cash. You're going to have to give some of these guys more cash, but at the very least hurdle for me is at minimum bare minimum would be the cane deal. Yeah. Bare minimum. 
Uh, and, 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 and where does that money come from? Right. And that's, that's a big one, especially like you said, with Ferraro on the horizon as well. Yeah. Uh, and who, for all we know, both hurdle and the sharks are biding their time. They're saying, let's, let's get 30 games into this. Let's see where everything is at is, is Kane an issue whatsoever? Are we seeing any fractures in the dressing room, do we? We've mentioned it before that Kane could get into some sort of brouhaha. To if I can invoke a little French, uh, but he would get into <laughs> some sort of melee, and you didn't exactly see other sharks on the ice making their best efforts to get over there and support him. So, do we see this team kind of circle the wagons? and say, you know, us against the world? Or do we see the fractures that we've heard about for the last few years where it's Jones said we went into different directions. Vlasic said we're not on the same page. We knew, There was no cohesion. Mm -hmm. So do we see a continuation of that? And like, okay, you added a couple pieces, but is that, you know, the, the head of the snake for lack of a better term, is still there. It's still, the, the leadership group, it's still the same. It's still Couture. It's still Kane. It's still Carlson. It's still Burns. Like, you know, you haven't, you know, brought in some huge name aside, well, I mean, Carlson to a lesser extent, but it's, you know, the Pavelski and Thornton are gone. What, you know, I, I just don't think as great as Bonino and Cogliano are, you know, yeah, okay, they're, they're cagey vets, but are they going to make that big of a difference when, the, you know, it's still Couture's team? And that's the, the thing. It's Couture's team, but I think he needs some help. And that's where Benito and Cogliano could help him, as opposed to rotating in kids that didn't look like they're ready yet. And this gives time for John Leonard to be better. This gives time for William Eklund to not having to rush and play on the third line. I mean, let, well, I I also kind of question the idea of giving out four A's. Like it's uh, almost you know too many cooks in the kitchen kind of an idea. The the thing is, is the Sharks have done that before. I, 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 I don't care. I still question <laughs> the idea. I, again, the too many cooks in the kitchen can spoil, you know, what you what you're making. Everybody has their right. own idea of it, and when you've got too many people pulling in different directions, uh, you go nowhere. True, but I mean, whether they have an extra thing on their sweater or not, there's always a leadership. I mean, and Patrick Tyler saying, come on, it's bones and cogs. Get it right, uh, AJ. Dude, <laughs> no, but, I invented that term. I, <laughs> I take full credit for that. But I mean, I mean, the Sharks have always had like alternate captains all over the place Clove was like one on the road marchment was like one at home or on the road i mean yeah, there's you can always lead, you can lead without a letter exactly that's my point is that so there are a so number of guys that need to get together and and one person and this is where i think your your point comes in one person needs to step up and get it done yeah but uh, my point or, they, is... or the whole group needs to come together 
Hashtag teal together. It's that you don't letters. You don't need to hand them out to everybody because it's that whole thing of like, you know, when everybody's special, then no one is. I think it's it's too much. It's just look, if a couture is your captain, fine. Who who are your A's? I, you know, if it's me, if I'm making the call, I'm saying Burns. And Ferraro. No, 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 no. I, it, dude, I think if Ferraro got an A and Carlson didn't, I think Carlson would lose his mind. Cool, we can move eleven and a half million out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's. The point. <laughs> right. um, yeah, no, I th- honestly, it, you know, it it's Burn or Couture with the C. It's Burns, and honestly, you know. You, Maybe Vlasic, but again, Vlasic just strikes me as this, I don't care about letters. They mean nothing to me. Um, he, he'll be a leader you know, without, a, without a letter. He's He's been like that before. I, I, I Honestly, I think he's just a very zero fucks giving kind of guy. Um, Which is crazy guess... how, as to how he was when he got to this team. He was just the quietest thing. He, I remember Craver Uvay saying, he's like, oh man, has anybody talked to Pickles? I haven't heard him say anything in the last three weeks. Yeah, you don't care. Um, I mean, Couture, Burns, and I guess you, by default, you have to go with Carlson. Right. Um, let's see how that works out for you, I suppose. I don't know. I mean, or maybe you go off the beaten path and say, no, we're forging a new you know, way, and it's going to be Couture, uh, Burns, and Bonino, you know, or, or, or Cogliano. Yeah. But I don't think that'll ever happen. I think they're just gonna, you know, this team. If this team has proven anything, it's like the they sometimes they will just try to keep the status quo, no matter how how bad the things look on the horizon if they continue down that path. But again, that's just one more little peccadillo. Uh, it, I got <laughs> words. Look, they're the best words. Well, and it's not as if this team doesn't have a history of stripping a player of their captaincy. So, I mean, was there another team ever in history that literally, I mean, in 2016, wasn't there literally three captains on the team? Yeah. In Pavelski, Marlowe, and Thornton? Mm -hmm. So, there you go. It's, you know, it's not as if there's not a a precedent set, uh, but... You know what? If they were to strip Couture again, I think it's it's again at the it's that case of uh, well, you can strip the C. Well, then okay, fine. And then it's well, but okay, that didn't work. Fire that? the coach. Okay, well, that didn't work. Uh, okay, well, get new goaltenders. Okay, that didn't work. It's you know what have we not done in the last fifteen years? Well, we haven't fired the GM. And again, though, I just. I, I think Hasawa is a is a Wilson believer. I think he's just going to give him other. I mean, and to be fair, Wilson did build up a lot of equity, right? A lot of good faith equity, and and you know the that record speaks for itself. Those first fifteen years, and that and that's what a lot of Wilson defenders will point to is, you know, look, he all that time he only missed the playoffs three years in, during his tenure, and it's like, okay, yeah, three years, two of them were. These last two years, right. though, three out of know, the last what six now? Yeah, three out of the last six. So when you look at it, you know, from that point of view, I mean, I don't want to get all 
Obi-Wan and so, well, things change when you look at it from a certain point of view. I mean, but if they do miss this coming season and all indicators are, they are, I mean, you look at the Vegas odds, all the quote unquote experts, uh, because who didn't have Montreal in the Stanley cup final? Uh, but look, <laughs> it's again, it's let, let's see what happens at camp. Let's see what, what things look like, uh, the, the body language, what things are said in those first media calls next month, see how camp goes, see how this team performs uh, on opening night and those first five games on the road trip. Let, you know, let's see if that trip maybe helps bring the group together. Who knows? And then let's see what things look like through the first 20 games, you know, the first quarter poll of the season. Which is always the check spot by American Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you've got some games that you look on here and you go, uh, New Jersey, got to feel somewhat good about that. Buffalo, absolutely. Calgary? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But then you look at Colorado and Minnesota and St. Louis and Washington and Carolina and you go, fucking yikes. Seattle's uh, up in the air. You know, that's not a set in stone. We we saw that with Vegas. Right. But they're not but a sure I, thing like Vegas was their first year. Vegas wasn't a sure thing their first year. It just happened. Right. But three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've, I, you know, optimistically, I have the Sharks winning you know, whether it's overtime or regulation, I have the Sharks penciled in winning nine of the first 20. And that's me trying to be optimistic. Gets you at but, 500. I mean, you're you're hanging around a, competing for it right now. But what, what if you, okay, so you play, you play 500 hockey. How many points do you have at the end of the season? 82. That won't get you in... Uh, uh, Exactly it my could point. Take you, it's got to get at least ninety-five. I think is yeah, roughly. But that's my point. On, but that that varies. Yeah, but five hundred hockey. If you're if you're at five hundred through the first twenty games, and that's like the projection you're on, ain't gonna get it done, son. So then what happens? So anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I feel as though once again I've spoken way too long. Uh, we'll tell our affiliates where you are going along, but uh, uh, good to have you chatting with us uh, on craziness. Well, jerk won't talk to me anymore, so I got to do something. I, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I'm glad happens. I can put it up with me. I can mention Atacusa again if that helps. Uh, he won't. No, uh, for some reason, he doesn't want to talk to me during the months of July, August, and September. Wow, how rude! Well, no hockey, no hockey, no talking. <laughs> well, I appreciate you uh, coming. Coming to help out and everything, but in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. It really does help us out. SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and always available at tealtownusa.com. So uh, I'll steal a line from you from the technologist. Famous last words, good sir. I, I'm trying to be optimistic. I really am, <laughs> but it's it, it's very much a wait and see kind of game. I just don't know at this point. None of us do. Um, 
So I think if we've if we've learned anything over the last week or so, it's uh, probably stay away from aggregators that are just trying to stir the pot and get clicks. I think that's what we've learned. You'll you'll notice that Teal Town is like the one account that has like not <laughs> dove down the well on a lot of this stuff. You know, but just and you know what? Don't take the red pill right now. Just enjoy the blue pill. <laughs> For those of you waiting for the Matrix to return. I was going to say, if it lasts longer than four hours, consult a physician. No, 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 no. We're talking Matrix. <laughs> he said blue pill. I'm like, okay. Yeah. The red pill versus the blue pill. Just take the one that you can just sit there in the Matrix and be happy. And this is fine. This is all fine. You know, just in, enjoy the blue pill, so to speak. And with that, thank you very much for watching. I'm at PuckGuy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. He's at AJ underscore Strong on the Twitter and the Instagram. If you haven't already, wish him a happy birthday on the social medias. Uh, well, happy belated birthday, I should say. Yeah, uh, yeah. it Teal was yesterday. Yes. And I and, and should have, uh, what, three new jerseys to feature by tonight. <laughs> so you might want to go check that Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and they look pretty crisp. So. <sighs> So, uh, Teal Tinted Glasses will be on Thursday night. We'll let you know when that happens. Uh, but uh, until then, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great day, everyone. Good news. The NHL is going to the Olympics. Bad news. Well, the Sharks are uh, going to hell in a handbag. <laughs> he said it, not me. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>